Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Fraserburgh Cricket Club Chronicles with me, your host, Andrew Henderson. It's been a little while since we last put out an episode. It's been six weeks by my count since we did the interview with Ian McCallum. If you've listened since then, great to have you back with us. If this is your first episode listening to the podcast, you picked not a bad time to start because this is the first time this season we're just going to go through and talk about what Fraserburgh has been doing on the cricket pitch in 2021. We've got a couple of clips that you'll hear from people later on. Some of the people have been scoring runs, taking wickets. I should also say at this point, I'm joined by the Brock's captain, Liam Bowie, to go through it. Liam, we're going to get into this sort of week by week, match by match in just a bit. But I should say we're coming off the back of a win against Allen in the Cup. So how are you doing? Are you still on a bit of a high after getting through the semi-final? I'm doing fine, thanks, Andrew. Yeah, I absolutely. That was an absolutely fantastic result on Saturday. Um, and it'll be Methlick in the semi-final, so we're looking forward to that. And hopefully, we can we can book a place in the the final at Manifield later on in the year. Got decent memories of the cup, don't we? It'd be nice to get to another final. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that would be the the third final in the last eight years. I think, yeah, something like that. Yeah, good. It'd be nice. Well, let's just get straight into that. Let's talk about the season and after a couple of years, really a build up because. 2020 with the pandemic and everything, we didn't have any competitive cricket. It was just a couple of friendlies as and when. We had the perfect place to start the 2021 season as far as we were concerned. Away at Manifield, which I think most people would say is probably the best ground they'll play at in the northeast of Scotland. You know, Huge build-up, everybody's buzzing to go and play at Manifield, buzzing to get the season underway, and it was rained off. It was the typical start for Fraserburgh in the northeast of Scotland. We just went right through, basically, to focusing on the second week against Stonywood Dice. Then Stonywood couldn't get a team. So it was the perfect way to get 2021 off and running, wasn't it? One match rained off, one match scratched. As it turns out, Stonywood actually ended up pulling out of the league. So even that was null and void. We didn't even get the points from that. Two weeks in, no matches played, no points. What a way to begin the season. Yeah, it was quite quite strange. It was it was quite a late start um, this season as well. It would typically be up and running at the end of April usually, um, but this year we didn't get going until the I think it was the second last week of May. Um, and I think there's probably some folk in the grades who would actually prefer that we, that we started in May, myself included, because you know April up here, as you know, Andrew, um, we pretty wet. It's windy, it's chilly, but at any rate, as you say, it didn't make much difference because it was a that first match was a a washout anyway. Um, so like you say, we were supposed to start off at uh, away to Manifield and play that, that um, superb cricket ground there. It's um, it's always an exciting place to go and and play. And you know traditionally it's been out of bounds for for grades fixtures. I think only in kind of recent years it's sort of relaxed that that kind of rules around that, which is good. Um, but the you know the weather has conspired against us and we're left sort of twiddling our thumbs that that first weekend. And then the other big club in Aberdeen, you know Stonywood Dice. Um, that, that was going to be a good fixture as well, I think, but things didn't really improve that that following week. Um, you know, firstly, Corey and I lost our uncle Eric. He passed away suddenly. He was a, a former Brock player, you know, Eric Massey. He'd played back in the back in the 70s and been part of that Aberdeenshire Cup win inside in 1973. Um, so that was very difficult. And then, yeah, we'd been due to play Stonywood Dice, their, their third 11, but they couldn't get a team together and they were forced to concede the fixture, giving us full points, but not really in the in the manner that we would have liked. You know, you want to play your cricket. You so it's a bit disappointing um, to get the points that way. And latterly, like you said, you know, just last week we found out that um, they're going to have to withdraw from from grade two um, because they're they're unable to to field a side for the remainder of the season. So that that's really unfortunate as well. I'm not sure exactly what the what the reasons were. 
you know, for them not being able to get um, 11 bodies together week in, week out. But um, it may well be that, you know, it's just it's different this year with COVID. You know, folk have maybe found other things to do instead. Um, people have maybe moved away. I don't know. That's just pure speculation on my part. But but I hope next year, you know, we'll see them back because, you know, they're a good bunch of guys to play against. So, yeah, those those first two weekends were were, were non-events. I think we ended up playing an intra-club friendly um, one of the days where, where I captained a side and my, my sister Carly captained a, a Brock side as well. Um, that was good fun, but you know it's not it's not really proper match day experience. You want to get out and you want to get out and play competitive cricket. It was the return of the Bowie Smash. We're making this an annual thing. Well, like you said earlier, Liam, it was that week of the Stonywood game that the news sadly came through that your uncle Eric had passed away. A little bit after that, I managed to catch up with one of his teammates in the 1973 Aberdeenshire Cup final, Ian Watson, just to get a, a memory or two about his time at the club. Here's what Ian had to say. Well, Eric, Eric and uh, Neil McCollum and some of the other lads, I came during and I did a coaching at that time, uh, just come back from Aberdeenshire. And it was encouraged, really, about 10 youngsters came down. But Eric was quite an outstanding uh, youngster, very light, very uh, organised, and he was an extremely good bowler. Left arm over, uh, he really bowled well. And um, he was uh, he was in a great selected 16 and a half. That's so good that's going. Just, that's good uh, going. <laughs> and me and him opened the bowling against Aberdeenshire. Well, I'm not going to say for year that was. <laughs> But uh, I was I, I was an elder member of that too, but we did we, we did well that day. And Eric bowled about against Aberdeenshire. He bowled about seven or eight overs for about twelve runs. Now for a young lad of sixteen and a half, seventeen, bowling left arm over, because he didn't have a lot of height in that, but he he really organised when he came up the wicket, really bowled well. Now the side bit is really he, when they, after he went to university and all the rest of it. Uh, he can uh, cricket got a bypass, can, and, uh, and it's a shame because really uh, he was playing cricket at about 18 or 19, and then that was it. Mm. Basically, he just uh, he just stopped playing really. And I remember once uh, he came back, and uh, he uh, we, he could still see the thing. I said, "Hey, hey, what happened to the bloody last 10 years again?" I mean, but uh, no, no, he. Uh, he was a really outstanding, outstanding, but he, he could have done a lot more yeah. if he kept on playing. Because, well, I think he might have been maybe 17 grade select, but he was about 16 and a half from my memory. It's uh, kind of a case of what could have been, but he was still a great player when oh, he did play. Player, right? Because grade select, I mean, there was other grades, and, uh, and every year we played against Aberdeenshire. Aberdeenshire like to put on a decent team because they didn't want to be beat with the grades. Sure. And uh, a few times it uh, it happened and they were not at all used. <laughs> so because the game was eight manifold, you see. But uh, oh, I remember that day fine. Uh, me and him. I couldn't believe it. I think it was Ian McRae was captain and Grace slightly. So it was about uh, can't was not expecting that like you know first game and that great select yeah. And uh, I, I got on the other end, and I was kind of half expecting it. I said chug a while, but uh, no, I was really pleased that Eric did. But just the other attractions, and he moved a lot to another university and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. did other things. Did other things, which is a shame. For the shame for the cricket club, you know, but uh, good stuff for him, probably. We did other things. But uh, we should, we should keep up and all. You know, 
when he came here, I mean, that for that day, I kept up with him. He says, oh, he says, you're a guy that's kept keeping on pestering me to come back. <laughs> I says, too true, I'm not keep by it like I can. But it didn't, work, didn't, it, didn't it help or anything. You can't but try. Eh? You can't but try. That's right, that's right. <laughs> As I said earlier, when it, that's a fate that befell Clubber Lord. Mm. came for playing and showing some skills and talents, but he was one of these that were really top notch. Well, we did manage to get a little bit of action that week in the form of the Bowie Smash, and in a way it worked out quite nicely in that it was a bit of a a bit more of a match scenario building up to the first proper league game as it turned out against Methlik. And after waiting so long to finally get up and running, what a match that was. I mean, I was 12th man. I ended up scoring the entirety of our innings. We batted second and I my nerves were gone by the end of it. They actually started pretty slowly. I was just looking back over the scorecard. They were on 68 for five off 22 overs and then had 136 run partnership for the sixth wicket. That just seemed, at that point, to take the game away from us. And a couple of drop catches as well. It did feel a bit like the heads had gone down at that point, didn't it? Mm-hmm. A couple? A couple of drop catches? <laughs> I'm trying to be generous. <laughs> yeah, um, right, so this is our first actual match of the season. Um, I think I think it was, was it early June, I think, that game was, actually. So it was a really um, late start. Um yeah, Meth like they're a side that we we got on really well with, probably probably more than any other club actually in the Greys. It's always good fun playing against them, but this was this was one of those games, a real thriller, you know, up there with probably you know one of the most exciting games I've been involved in over the years certainly. Um, and the weather had been really good since that rained off match at Manufield. It you know it improved considerably. I don't think it actually rained for about two or three weeks. Um, so we were able to prepare a you know a solid wicket that you know promised a wee bit of pace and bounce and you know the outfield was was quickish as well. So I, I was really keen to to win the toss and have a bat first, but um, of course the opposite happened. I lost the toss and you know their skipper decided that actually they'd have a bat, and I think he probably had a similar idea to, to what I had in mind, which was you know it's a hot day, get in first, bat forty overs, big total, tire the brokers out. Bowl them out, you know, and get back to the Dyson View and Meth, like, you know, at five o'clock for a few pints or something like that. But obviously, it didn't work out that way. I think they certainly nailed the, the, the first half of that plan. Um, their skipper, Adam Adam Versima and the laddie um, Reeve, Daniel Reeve, I think it is. Um, yeah, like they say, they put on a really good partnership. They scored 74 and 80 odd, um, respectively. And, you know, we shelled about, it must have been about eight or nine catches. I think <laughs> it was round about that. Um, and I think Leanne, Leanne Broadley, one of our bowlers, um, she she got a couple of wickets, but she, I, I counted five drop catches off her bowling alone, and I'm pretty sure I dropped one of them too. So you're not throwing anyone under the bus? You were part of that as well? No, I was part of it as well. I know Corey dropped one, I dropped one, um, Paul, and I think I think nearly everyone either misfielded it or, or, or dropped, dropped a catch. Like, and it's a mercy, I think, that, that Leanne's so easy going. I'm not sure the likes of Suter or Gospel would have would have reacted to that in the, in the way that she did. Um, I don't think they'd have been best pleased, but she just got on with it. I was pretty sure, as were some of the onlooking members of the opposition, that I'd run out their skipper mm. when he was on 20 or 30-odd, something like that. But the umpire gave it um, controversially not out. And I think he'd be, you know, refer that to the third umpire. I think um, he'd have had to overturn that decision, but... These things happen, and we just kind of got on with it. Um, but they finished on 225, and I'd thought maybe 200 was about par. So we'd clearly given them you know, far too many runs. And I think 
you know, coming off after that, we were probably a wee bit of flat going in after that innings and, and maybe feeling that we'd, you know, let them get away from us a wee bit. Then our run chase didn't get off to the best of starts. You know, we lost Corey and Gary in the first few overs. Paul and I had been, you know, numbers three and four. We'd been hoping for a wee bit of rest, I think, before going in. Um, but you kind of hear everything. And um, so, you know, Paul and I found ourselves at the crease. And, and we've been in this position quite a few times over the years. You know, you, you lose early wickets and you're having to rebuild. And I guess we're similar in a way that, you know, we kind of keep a cool head when we're in that sort of position. And you know, quite happy to use up a few overs to, to play ourselves in and then maybe look to start accumulating a few runs. And, you know, we keep an eye on the scoreboard and we set ourselves little targets. Maybe say to each other, you know, let's see where we are in five overs time and take it from there. You know, nothing fancy. It's, it's probably the same conversation that, you know, it's taking place any time on any given cricket ground in any part of the world, you know. But if you don't have that conversation, then to some extent you, you don't really have a plan. You know, it can then lead to some sort of, you know, rash stroke play later on or conversely you're too kind of defence-minded and, you know, the required run rate sort of gets away from you a wee bit. But anyway, we started to rebuild the innings and put in a good partnership and, Paul was out for about 49, I think it was, yeah. um, agonising. Um, I got about 60-odd in the end before running myself out. Um, and by that time, the game was kind of in the balance a wee bit. You know, I think Methlite were probably still favourites, but the turning point, I think, was was Stuart Flowerdew um, coming in, his innings, and I think he scored 36 out in the end, something like that. His innings and um, the contributions by by Suter and, and, and Michael Watson as well. They accelerated things um, along nicely in um, those kind of last, last 10 overs or so. And um, although I think um, Michael and Suter, I think Suter got run out, um, he wasn't very happy about that. Um, you know, Flowerdew was able to stay in and I think we needed four off the last over. So it was amazing to get to that point where we were, where we were kind of still in the game. And it was Stuart and Andrew Gairns out in the middle for that last over. It was all very dramatic. Um, you know, the scores were level on the last ball. We needed just one to win. You know, Andrew Gairns on strike. <laughs> you know, um, they're opening bowlers, steaming in. And and luckily for us, Andrew managed to get something on it. You know, yeah, he actually played a pretty half-decent off-drive of sorts. Um, it was more like a kind of golf shot, I think. But um, And it came through for the single in with one. And, and, you know, we celebrated like we'd won the cup. It was, it was it was fantastic. You know, after that, really appalling showing in the field. We didn't bowl well. We fielded, you know, the fielding was awful. Um, to come back and take it to that final ball of the game and get the win, it really just showed the kind of character and resilience um, of the players that the Brock have. It was a really good win and, and, and you know, just one of those great games to, to be a part of. It was fantastic. It's so much drama. Like I said, I was scoring the second innings. You were right behind me that last over. And when Andrew Gairns hit that ball and we went through for that single, oh, it's wild. Beautiful moment. But you mentioned, Liam, that Stuart Flowerdew's innings was really the turning point. At least it felt that way in the moment. I managed to catch up with Stuart after the match to talk through that incredible innings with the bat. It wasn't the top scorer, but it was possibly the most important innings of the match, just to get us over the line. Here's what Stuart had to say. I mean, Stuart, I, I don't even know where to start with that. How do you sum that match up? Oh, but that was good fun. I just it was really good fun. Oh, Are you um, okay? I know you're yeah. struggling a bit at the end. It was, it was, it was really, really hot, and you forget how long it is when you're just out there. Yeah. And um, there was a point in the middle of their game when, when two of their batsmen really got going, and uh, it seemed like it was going to be a very long day. And yeah. I, thought they, I thought they'd gone away from us, to be honest. I thought Liam batted really, really well, pulled us back into it, and 
Paul's, I thought Paul maybe got a little bit early. He got a couple more sixes and might have turned the pressure off. There was a run out in there, one that maybe could have gone our way and that would have kept, kept the game a bit shorter. Good game though. Yeah, I mean, talked about their innings. Seemed to be in control for the first half of that and then they just tick off the second yeah, there, half. There was, once, once that guy started lining it up and hitting the ball, he's hitting the ball really hard. There's a lot of drop catches, but when a guy's hitting the ball as hard as that, and, and you're not, and it's the beginning of the season, everyone's not really in for it. It's, it's hard to take some of those. Yeah. I wore a couple on my chest that I probably should have got my hands to when I was a bit younger, but there you go. Well, I was going to say, I mean, there's a couple of those drop catches where you, not to single you out, there's a few people that dropped them, but did that change your mentality when you went into bat, do you think? Um, no, not really, because um, it was clear when I went in that we needed about 10 and over, so the, the mentality just has to be see if you can get some boundaries early and just take some pressure off you. And you got them. You were hitting the balls yeah. well from the first one. Yeah, but it's slightly weird because I've only played once, basically in two years, and so it was it was nice to to get the first few out of the middle and borrowed a bat that um, seemed to have a nice middle. It was good. It was good. So I shall be borrowing that one again. It's an easy game when you do that, isn't it? You go in, you hit four two four two. See, sometimes when you're just hitting it sweet, there, there was a straight six that hit that I didn't even I didn't even feel that I'd really hit it all that hard. The bat just seemed to take over. It was great. Fun. And then towards the end, when it was getting so close, we ended up winning on the last ball, getting the target exactly. Did you start thinking it wasn't going to happen, or were you always pretty confident? Um, well, we weren't thinking that way. We were thinking we needed 10 and over, and then it was, we'd got down to 9 and over, and by the end we were needing 7 and over. And I'd said, I think, just before um, Colin got out of the over, before Colin got out, I said, we can do this in singles, so we just need to, to settle. And then I felt a pain in my calf, and I thought, oh, I really wish I hadn't said that now. <laughs> I bet he's wishing you didn't say yeah, that as well, because yeah, yeah. he got run out. Well, yeah, you should be backing up. Anyway, I'm not talking about that. <laughs> he but, should be halfway down the wicket, and the ball up. Anyway, we'll leave that. <laughs> but it was, it was a good bit of steel at the end to get over the line, because it still could have gone either way, that yeah, last ball. Yeah, well, I, um, I got called through for a single by, um, by Andrew that I hadn't seen what was going on. And that, that made a difference, because it was just starting to build pressure again during the last over. We need, I think we needed six or seven, but it felt it, it felt a little bit further away. The guy pulled a, a wider first, first ball, didn't he? And, yeah. and we ran for it, so that took a bit more pressure off it as well. So it was good. So but, same things to come for the season then? Uh, well, I think I've got a sore calf now. That might be it. I might just <laughs> take my moment and leave. <laughs> oh, no, that no. is the only game you play. It's a good way to go out, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that should be all right. I think it's just... I think, you know, it, it was difficult to take enough water on out there because it was really, really hot. Yeah. And... Um, First, the first 40 overs seem to take a long time. When you're facing, when when they score 225 runs, it's a it's a long day. It's a long day. Yeah. So it was a bit of a thoughty to go out, but it was good. It's a great game of cricket. Good. Well played yeah. today. Yeah. Cheers. I'm about to throw some numbers at both you, Liam, and anyone who's listening. So bear with me a little bit. For the Methlick innings, Gary O'Neill actually got a couple of wickets towards the end. You threw him on. He got two for 12. You mentioned the Anne Broadley got a couple of wickets herself, as did Alan Rennie. Colin Souter took a wicket as well. There were catches for Corey, Andrew Gairns and Michael Watson behind the stumps. He also got a stumping in that innings. With the bat, you basically got all the numbers exactly right. You scored 66. Paul was out on 49. Flourish was 36, not out. Colin Souter got 23. That was that was an important innings for him with the bat, considering we're talking both when I interviewed you for your feature episode earlier on in the year and Colin Souter himself. <laughs> His batting was a bit of a, a, a contentious issue at that point. Right, yeah. And obviously, Garen's got the winning runs. It was just, uh, it was a great moment. It was a great moment. It was. It really was. And that set us up perfectly for, and this is where things are about to get a little bit weird on the podcast, the game away at Aberdeen Grammar. And I say it's a little bit weird because 
Liam, you and me are about to talk about a game that neither of us were at. <laughs> yeah, in, 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 indeed. Um, I, I missed this game because I, I was away with my wife in West Yorkshire picking up a puppy. Um, I know what you know. What kind of level of dedication is that? Um, the um, the vagaries of recreational cricket. You know, scoring a fifty in quite possibly the match of the season one week, and then off to collect a, a cocker spaniel the next. Um, yeah, it's pretty awful, is it? Um, you but, said it, not me. Know, <laughs> in my absence, um, Colin Souter did a really good job of captain the side. And I think you'll need to help me with the numbers here. But I think we were able to restrict them to a score maybe just over 100 or so. It's 115, yeah. I know Paul Paul took five wickets and, and he got a 50 later on as well. Um, I mean, it's great to have a player like Paul on the team, you know, an all-rounder. Um, and we chased it down for the loss of just one wicket, I think. Is that right? Yep. Spot on. So that was a really good win. I think... Um, you know, there was that on-field performance and getting the points, which was great. But um, on a more serious note, that you know, there was that kind of incident with the, with the opposition opposition player. One of the um, guys in the um, the grammar team he took a ball to the head during our innings, um, which knocked him out. And an ambulance had to be had to be called for. And you know, clearly that was a you know really worrying time for all that were that were kind of involved with that one. But we got an update later on that evening, and I think the following day as well, to see that to see that he was okay. And um, it's just one of those things, you know, it could have been a hell of a lot worse. But just very lucky to kind of come away from it relatively on on skis. But um, in terms of the, the kind of on field stuff, it was it was great to you know, it was great to hear that they'd got another win, and you know that was kind of two wins two wins on the trot. Yeah, we forget sometimes how dangerous a game cricket actually is. Yeah. I mean, the cricket ball mm. itself is so solid. I think that takes yep. a lot of people by surprise when they start. Absolutely. If it hits you, it hurts. Yeah, absolutely. But talking about Suter as captain there, that was one surprise for me watching from afar. Another one was that Suter opened the batting. Well, he obviously wanted to He wanted to lead from the front, presumably. You know? <laughs> and I think he scored a few runs, didn't he? Double he figures, did. anyway. He All got right. 18. He got 18. That's okay, and a few wickets too. Uh, let me just check. Two for 31. That's not bad. That's not, not bad, bad at all. Yeah, yeah. Again, for the numbers, you mentioned Paul there. He got five for 16 with the ball. Got 53 not out as well with the bat. Fantastic match for him. Ryan and Leanne actually both ended up on... Actually, I'm not sure if I mentioned Ryan earlier. Ryan Duthie, I should say, and Leanne both ended up on that match with bowling figures of one for 17. Chris Gospel got a wicket as well. Catches for Suter, who was involved all over the shop, apparently. And Michael Watson, who also scored 24 not out with the bat. That was Super. about as comfortable as things get for us this season, really, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think I think that kind of set us up nicely for the next match as well, um, against Portcullis. Um that was a strange one. That, that that was one of those games where where nothing really goes your way. You get games like that maybe once a season or, or kind of every couple of years where you know it all just kind of falls apart. Um did it all just fall apart? Is that a bit unfair, maybe? I think... Um, it kind of did, though, didn't it? I mean... <laughs> I can give you my account of things, and you can maybe decide for yourself where, where it all kind of fell apart. I think I think we kind of came back strongly in the end. But anyway, the, you know, the weather had been nice again with a really rock-hard pitch again. And, you know, this time I did win the toss, and I thought, right, we're going to have a bat first, you know? The thinking being that, you know, we're some of our batsmen are in good form and... You know, confidence is high after these two wins, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and yeah, they, they just they just blew us away, really. The, the, the guy Mitchell, um, especially, he was he was bowling the line of length that was that was flawless. He was getting a wee bit of movement too of the pitch. 
Corey was out in the, I think the third over the night. I, I was bowled by the, you know, the lad Mitchell soon after. Um, I'm still not sure how I missed that, to be honest with you. I stood there after I heard the, the death rattle, looking at where my bat was, thinking, my bat's in line. How did I miss that? Um, Gospel, who was umpire, and he said it, it just clipped the top off stump, having kind of swung and, and, and nipped away a wee bit. A really bonny delivery, Andrew. Uh, you know, a masterful delivery. Probably the probably the ball of the century, actually. Uh, it would have um, to be, obviously. And there's yeah, there's no shame in being undone by that. You know, it's uh, that's what I tell myself anyway. But um, he bowled really well, and the guy McKenzie at the other end as well. He he bowled pretty well too. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, the scorecard. It's pretty pretty sorry reading. I think I think four of our players went for ducks. I think poor Chris Gospel got a golden duck. Um, only Craig Parkin reached double figures, and I think he was tied top scorer with extras. Um, he was indeed on yeah. eleven or something like that. Yeah. Um, but credit to Portcullis, you know they they bowled really well. They held their catches, and you know were good in the field generally. There was a lot of energy about them. Um, so yeah, we collapsed to forty five all out, and I think because we'd played well, you know those kind of two matches before, we we were we were a bit stunned by, by that. You know, Portcullis had a good side, but I felt perhaps that, you know, they're no better and no worse than ourselves. They were pretty evenly matched teams, I think, but I think our, our scorecard maybe suggested otherwise after that, that first innings. But but anyway, they headed out to bat um, to chase down the, the relatively straightforward total um, with, with bags of time. There's a Jeff Boycott expression. I think it's I think it's him anyway, but it's probably something that loads of pundits say, but you should never judge a pitch until both sides have batted on it. So or words to that effect anyway. You know, but he's right. The you know, the pitch, although hard and you know, it looked flat, it was it was <laughs> it was quite lively actually. I mean we found that we were getting it to um sort of misbehave in a in a similar fashion to what Port Collis had managed. And you know, true there was some Poor shot selection and, and good bowling that you know accounted for our collapse, but but the pitch was deceptive and you know in that it wasn't as flat as you thought, and there were kind of mini craters there too that if you could hit them it was going to it was going to kind of shoot off a length or whatever. Anyway, we're out in the middle field and and, and after about ten overs, you know we've got them nine for five. You know they've lost five wickets and scored nine runs, and and, and I don't know if that was you know small total pressure or you know, the lively pitch or, or, or good bowling on our part or or whatever it was. Um, but we were in with a real chance, you know. Um, and I think perhaps if we'd had an extra bowler, then we might have just been able to pip them. You know, a, a Colin Suter, um, if he'd been playing, I think, um, he was offshore. And, you know, as it happened, they, they were able to get the runs in the end and, and, and eke out a victory. But um, I think they lost about seven, seven wickets, something like that in the process. Yeah. So. It was really, really close. Um, but I think although we lost, you know, that again there was that that fighting spirit and determination, whatever it is, and you know, to let, we didn't want them to have an easy time of it. And I think the format of our league is such that you know every wicket counts. You know, you get an extra point for for every wicket you take. And at the end of the season, you know, those points are you know those points that you pick up in games that you lose can can often you know make the difference um, to where you finish. So. Um, you know, I think I think both sets of players came off the field at the end. You know, we a, a sort of mutual respect for each other's efforts, and it was another exciting game. But you know, just for different reasons, reasons this time. I wonder if you know after we'd been bowled out for forty-five and and you know opting to bat first, where, where they maybe thought, yeah, that was a bit arrogant of them, you know, thinking that they would bat first and 
put on all those runs, but like I say, didn't judge that pitch until until both both teams have batted on it. But yeah, it was an odd one. I must admit, I found it quite funny. Is maybe the wrong word when you said once you got bowled, you're like, well, how did that get through? Because I did exactly the same coming off. I was I'm first ball I played and it was just solid straight back to him forward defensive. Second ball, as far as I was concerned, exactly the same thing, and it bowled me. It was and the same lad that got you out, I think, wasn't I it? I think so. I think uh, so. And the only yeah. thing, the only conclusion I could come to is that a York to me went under my bat. And I'm still not sure exactly how that happened. But you're exactly right. We came back strongly in the field and every point mattered. For us to be bowled out for 45 and come away with eight points mm-hmm. from that match, that, that's good a good effort. point, really. Yeah, Aye, absolutely. The way I looked at it was more that we just sort of ran out of time. It was, it was a race against time in overs mm-hmm. for Chris Gospel, who bowled fantastically well for his entire spell he got three for four in the end and Ryan Duthie at the other end as well one for 12 each of them off nine overs if they had another two or three more each mm-hmm. we might have got it but it got to a point they were just like they've only these two have only got a couple more overs left just see them out see what they've got after that and they took advantage granted maybe that's yeah. what they should have done from the start but if they mm-hmm. had another couple I think we could have got them Agreed. You know, Chris Gospel and Ryan Duthie bowled, bowled really well. And yeah, maybe if they did another, I don't know, another one over each even, we might be able to do it. Or like I said earlier, you know, Colin Souter, you know, yeah. um, fired up, you know, um, bowling quick, I might have done it as well, but it wasn't to be. Well, as it was, one of the, the change bowlers did get a wicket. Paul O'Neill ended up with one for six. There was also a fantastic run out by Corey. I mean, that throw from the boundary after it went yeah. past Michael was outstanding. Um, I was just quite happy I was standing at slip for most of the match to be honest I didn't have too much Ryan to do Paul did take a catch as did Michael behind the stumps and Ryan so we have them to thank for picking up the points and that almost brings us up to date because the match after that was this last Saturday at home in the cup against Allen after being bowled out for 45 on that pitch the week before you guys went out and did a completely different innings that Saturday against Allen we, we did indeed, yeah. I mean, you, you'll be particularly keen to hear my take on this one, won't you? Because you, you'll have anticipated mention of your good self, eh? Well, notice I haven't brought it up yet. I could have just <laughs> led with that, but I mentioned not the match yet, right at the yet, start and didn't, didn't even go into it. <laughs> yeah, so, so we had Ellen in, in, in the cup this, this weekend just passed. And, um, passed. And, and I mean, Ellen are a really good side. You know, they'll, they'll be pushing for, for promotion back up to grade one, no doubt. Um, but it's fair to say that, you know, they were under strength on Saturday. They only had 10 players, didn't they? That much was clear, that's right. They, they had 10 players. Um, there was no Johnny Barrett. There was no no Veldsman, no um, Davies, no no Wade. Um, you know, that's the core of their team, basically, you could argue. I'm, I'm not trying to kind of play down or, or minimise your achievements, Andrew. I'm just going to, you know, setting out the, setting out the facts. Okay. It's your achievements as well, Liam. You had a fantastic <laughs> knock with the bat. Um, but they still had some really good players. Um, you know, Greenfield. The, the guy Addy, he batted really well as well. But yeah, I think only being able to muster 10 players was a bit of a setback as well. But anyway, um, I lost the toss, um, which I was, was quite happy to because I wasn't really sure what to do, to be honest with you, this week. Um, how mu- how we much were... of that was after the Portcullis game that he wasn't sure what to do? Yeah, I, yeah that, 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 that was in my mind, actually. Um, I wasn't really sure what sort of team Ellen had turned up with either because um, it's been a while since I've played against them and there was a lot of players there that, that I didn't recognise and um, so I wasn't really sure but on, on the way out to the middle um, 
their skipper had mentioned that they were kind of under strength a wee bit in the bowling department. Um, so I thought, well, you'll key with batting first. But, but anyway, I lost the toss anyway, and, and, and he put us into bat first. Um, so Corey and I had opened up, and you know, but they're really quiet first five overs. Um, the guy Fraser in, in Greenfield that um, uh, opened the bowling for them you know, bowled really well. I think I think he'd scored about 11 runs or something like that off that first five overs. And um, like I say, that was in response to some good bowling. And um, I think we used the same pitch as well that we'd used against Port Cullis. And again, it was rock hard and there was a bit of variable bounce. I think there was one that kind of almost bounced off a length. Um, and if, I, if my reactions had been slower, it probably would have taken my head off. Um so yeah, it was an, it was an interesting an interesting pitch. Um, I think it's because of the weather we've had. You know, it's it's mm. not it's not really rained properly for for a number of weeks, and yeah, that probably that probably can explain it. But you were also getting value for shots. You know, the outfield was really really quick, and and if you got something on the bat, it was it was running away to the to the boundary no bother, which was was really good because quite often um, in the broch you absolutely you know slam the ball and it you know, just gets lost in the grass somewhere but yeah, it, was, it was probably the first time this season we were really getting value for shots yeah I, th- I think so I think so um, but anyway when their opening bowlers came off um, they just didn't have the players who could bowl that, that consistent line and length anymore and it was just a case of waiting for the, for the bad ball I think which unfortunately for Ellen you know we're far too many of you know Corey and I can't speak for Corey but that was probably the easiest half centuries that we scored, I think, you know, we were never really having to force things or, or kind of look to accelerate because there was always a long hop or, or a full toss. If you got a hold of it um, or even half a hold of it, sometimes it was just, it was away for four. And, and, and Ellen, I think, had a better side than that. Um, and they'll have been disappointed with, with, I think, with the way they, with they bowled. Um, I think, you know, some of their bowlers were probably guys that, that, did I get an opportunity that often to bowl in to, into uh, to bowling matches? So I think that probably accounted for the um, the erratic um, line and length that we were we were seeing. But anyway, Corey and I both got, got half centuries. He got eighty five now, and I was out for seventy two. Just as we were two runs short of what would have been a, a two hundred run opening partnership. Um, That's that you're still disappointed afterwards. I couldn't believe it. So I'm very disappointed with that. Um, as it was, it was a 198 from opening partnership, which you know it, that might well be a club record. I'm not, I'm not sure, um, but it was still disappointing to get out at that point. You know, it's just something about um, a 200 run opening partnership that sounds good, or even finishing the fact I got out in the last over. I think with three balls left or something like that, it would have been really nice to for it to have been you know 204 for no wicket off 20. You know, that that would have looked um, mightily impressive, but. I still think the score itself was was pretty good. You know, two hundred and four um, for one off twenty overs is a is an imposing total um, in any kind of T twenty fixture. It's a it's a pretty good total in a forty over match as well. So, was um, really pleased with that. And they obviously had to go for it right from the start. Um, and they got off that flyer. Yeah, they did go for it. They they needed to. You know, they they had to maintain that that higher run rate right from the beginning. Um, so there was always going to be chances, I think, you know, when you're having to kind of chase the game like that, there's always going to be chances. And um, I think it was Ryan Duffy got the, got the first wicket. And it was yourself, actually, to get a really good catch at, at cover. It was a, I was a steepler of that, but you did really well to, to get under it and just about um, pouch it. <laughs> um, it bounced then, out the first time, but just about got it. 
yeah, you held you held on then, though. That's that's what that's what matters, eh? And then Greenfield came in, their skipper, and uh, he had a really nice six into the into the two works, didn't he? Which Gospel somehow managed to retrieve after five minutes of searching for it. Um, but he was out soon after, and and then there was a bit of a there was a bit of a procession procession of wickets latterly as you were kind of brought on and. You know, you delivered a fantastic spell uh, of leg spin, taking five wickets off three overs. You know, your first five for for the club, first of many. Um, Touchwood. Let, let, let's reverse the rules, Andrew. How how did that feel for you to record <laughs> that achievement? You know? Well, it was great because I wasn't really expecting to bowl going in. To be honest with you, I went over. My dad was down watching, and I went over and chatted mm. to him between the innings, and he said to me that Michael Watson had mentioned to him, oh. I might get a bowl. And I was like, oh, I'm not sure about that. And I feel like there's a few guys ahead of me. And then you gave me the heads up early on that mm-hmm. I might be coming out at some point. It's like, okay, great. Last time I bowled, didn't feel particularly comfortable. We'll see how it goes. And wickets just kept falling. <laughs> and and I, I have to give a lot of credit to you guys in the field because Paul O'Neill took a phenomenal catch. He did, yeah. You know, he, he was airborne, which he, mm-hmm. he didn't believe me afterwards that he was in the air, but he, <laughs> he was. We've got video evidence of this. And then, you know, got to that fourth wicket, a couple of leg before wickets, which mm-hmm. never happens for me. Like, as a leggy, it's almost impossible, I find, to get an LVW. But I got two of them, which was strange. Mm-hmm. It was just weird. And then you came over and you said to me, that's four for it, see if you can get a five for it. And then it got to the last ball. The last yeah. ball that I was going to bowl, and he chipped it straight to you, and you took the catch. Right. <laughs> so I, I have to be grateful to like yourself and Paul, despite nobody appealing for the LBs <laughs> when I did that first one. Especially, I've never felt so lonely in a cricket pitch. I, I thought I put in a kind of hopeful yelp from mid off <laughs> or something like that. No, Maybe I think not. the, Maybe the first one it was just me. The second one, Michael went up for it behind the stumps as well, and that was it. Mm-hmm. I think everybody was just taken by surprise that there might actually be an LB shout from me because I'm usually so erratic. But it was a nice moment. And honestly, I'm still, you can tell, you start. You brought me up and the smile just came back <laughs> on my face. Like I haven't been able to get rid of it yet. So I'm definitely <laughs> going to be living on this for years to come because I might never get a bowl the way things have been going. Oh, you'll so. definitely get you'll definitely get another ball. I think I think Mike Watson probably had the best view behind the stumps. But from where I was at mid-off, I could see the turn. You know, I could I could see the batsman getting himself into position to play it into the into the leg side, and then having to correct himself because it had spun, it had moved so much. And there was a nice there was a nice bit um, on the pitch down down that end, like sort of little mini I don't know what you'd call them, sort of mini craters or something like that. It was, it was perfect for for spin bowling. Um, so credit to Chris Gospel, the groundsman, for for, for ensuring that there was a bit of rough for you to um, take advantage of. We had actually pointed that out before the Portcullis game because we were out inspecting the pitch before we started at the <laughs> same time. You said, oh, this isn't going to turn. Like, actually, maybe there's a wee patch there. <laughs> so I think yeah. it's quite good we used the same pitch and you, you already had that in mind. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, it, it was. It was one of those. I didn't even feel like it was coming out of the hand perfectly, but mm-hmm. I'd mentioned there's two LBs, there's two catches. The other one was bold. And Corey's reaction to it afterwards made me laugh. He said that was almost like a proper leg spinner. <laughs> pitched on middle hit the top of off and I was like well I'll take you, that. Le- you left the leg stump bail on as well didn't you you took did. one of the bales off didn't you yeah it looked, it looked good and that was really good <laughs> spell of bowling three overs that was all yeah I know you should have forget that before, you know really. it was a really short spell you know so you've definitely you know bowled yourself into contention for 
for, for future matches, especially when we've got a dust bowl of a wicket to exactly yeah, extract a bit of spin out of. Like, yeah. In a way, maybe it was a good thing I didn't feel like it was coming out of the hand particularly well because it might have spun past the wicket if I thought it was. Mm-hmm. I've had that happen before, but you never know. But yeah. anyway, enough talking about me. <laughs> anyway, sorry, yeah. Again, we back don't to just the match. to descend yeah. into me talking about me for no, the whole not, podcast. Not, not I mean, it's great so, to so, get the win. Yeah. I mean, through in the cup, like we said right at the start, yeah. we like the cup. <laughs> this cup we do, we, as well we do like the, the cup, yeah. So, I mean, they, they, they fell short in the end by what? How many runs? 60, 70, something like that. They ended up on 132 for eight off of their 20 overs. So, 70, it was 70 about 72. 72. 72, yeah. I mean, I doubt um, that we'll get off that lightly when we meet them again in the league later in the season. I think I think they'll probably um, have some of their uh, stronger players back for, for those matches. But, yeah, it, it's great to get the win. And, and now we've got Methlick in the semi-final later on this, this month. And, and then if we can get get past them, I think that game's in Freezeboro as well, actually. So, you know, maybe prepare a pitch that you're available for that one, Andrew. <laughs> we'll see we'll see how that goes. Um, and I'm then, not um, committing to that as yet. I need to check yeah, my dates. <laughs> I think the final is at Manifield... Um, is it possibly the week after or, or two weeks after that, I think. Um so start August anyway. So it would be great to to get um to get to the final of the Bonaparte Cup again. Yeah, we 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 do like that cup. Yeah. Um, so we'll see what happens. You know, with TKH games it comes, you know, it's you know, it's a horrible cliche, but that's, that's what you need to do. We don't we don't know what sort of team we'll have, we don't know what sort of team Methlick have, and we'll just have to um do our best on the day, I think. Well, you say it will take every game as it comes. I am going to try and force you to look a little bit past just the next match. We'll get to that in just a second. But first, I had to talk to somebody after the win against Alan in the Cup. And I didn't really want to talk to myself after a five-wicket haul. I knew Liam was going to be coming on for this. So I did get a chat instead with Paul O'Neill. Like I say, he took a phenomenal catch off my bowling. And it was also the first chance I got to ask him about his 5-50 and 50 against Aberdeen Grammar a couple of weeks before. Paul, we're here after the cup game against Alan. Yeah. Let me just say first off, fantastic catch off my bowling. <laughs> I have no idea still how you got it, so well done for that. I think somebody got a fifer today. <laughs> oh, we're, we're just ignoring that for no, the no, time no, being. No, 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 well but, done. But we're talking about another fifer, this is the thing, because yeah. a couple of weeks ago in the league, where it really counts, really matters, you got a fifer and 50. Yeah. Must be happy with that. I know it's stated the obvious. He must be happy with that. <laughs> I was happy with the win actually because um, um, there's a couple of times I've been batting relatively small totals with chasing 120 between 150 and, and, and I've given it away, I suppose, and, and to, to, to bat all the way through to the end. And get a 50 is great. Um, but again, it was a great team performance. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it looks like one person does all the work and it, it's never the case. It's never the case. It just falls like that. Um, I've been close a couple of times and it just hasn't worked out because somebody's coming and taking a couple of wickets at the last minute. But well, that's how it works sometimes. But yeah, I mean, I actually set a target to get a 50 in my 50s. Right. And, uh, <laughs> and I thought, I got 49 the week before uh, and got out to an absolute slog because my son Gary didn't tell me I was on 49. So uh, we're um, just blaming him. So well, I'll just blame him, yeah. Okay. So that was nice. Um, yeah, it was really, really good. And. Uh, you know, I didn't ever expect to get a Pfeiffer and a 50. Yeah, that's, that's your first one. That's my first one. I said it'd been close a couple of times. I got I got a 50 a couple of years ago at um, Cults, and I got four for four. Uh, and uh, somebody brought himself back on and got a couple <laughs> of wickets at the end that stopped me getting it. But 
it's one of those things you, you can't think about it because if you think about it you just you just go this is crazy you know it shouldn't happen at our level you know what i mean because you don't get opportunities to do that and i think the motivation was i think the last one last person to get it for Fraserburgh was mr gospel so right okay. i thought yeah he's had that for a couple of years now so it's time to put an end to all this silliness so um no it was it was it was very satisfying very satisfying but again the main thing was we got a good win um and we got over the line you mentioned you got a 49 the week before you started the season pretty well especially with the bat yeah i've totally changed the way i bat um as in uh, you know just trying to get myself in a lot more uh, where i was getting out in the 10 15 well i would say i, w- I was going too big too mm. early and um the, the 49 i scored uh, a couple of weeks ago i was absolutely knackered so it slowed me down a little um but yeah just a change a little there of just going a bit you know getting myself in more than i used to uh, and then cashing in when you can but um yeah so it's 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 been a bit surprised because i had a couple of years ago the last full season i had probably one of my worst seasons with that um but it's just how it works out sometimes it's just a bit of luck here and a bit of luck there um on the 49 i think i was caught or dropped when i was on single figures so just a bit of luck and you're away and how do you feel the bowling's going the season so far um, it's up and down actually because it's been when I got my five it came out really well and you know as a spinner yourself you, you can feel it as you in the last in your first over you know whether it's coming out well or not obviously today it was coming out really well for you uh, well look it certainly looked it from where I was I'll just gloss right over the one that dropped by my feet <laughs> no, no well, well that's it I mean as a spinner you take that you yeah. take that um, um, it, it happens especially as a wrist spinner you just the ball comes out of the hand um but the, I mean, the previous week, now the first game, I got hit for 60-odd of six overs. That's the method game, wasn't it? Yeah, and it just wasn't coming out well. Um, I didn't have any luck. It, it, that's how it goes. And then the following week, you get a five-foot because you get one early and, and it starts coming out of the hand really well. So I think that's a lot of it. But it, the ball has been up and down this year, but it's still early. You don't know. I was going to work for the whole season. Well, the fielding's clearly there based on today's performance. <laughs> We're going to talk about that. <laughs> well, fingers crossed it's the start of things to come for the rest of the season as well. Yeah, don't drop many, uh, I must <laughs> admit. And, and when it's a fellow spinner, there's a little bit of motivation because you know as a spinner that you get those that you've beaten the batsman by getting them to hit it high up in the air and it's not always caught. And that's fair enough. We all drop catches. Um, so when it's... Like another spinner, you know, you, you should hold on, I better take this. But yeah, it was a steepler. That went a long way. <laughs> it I'm, really, I'm not joking. That I mean, went... you were off the ground. You dived for it. Really? I think really? so. I'm pretty well, sure you were. No, that's not a pretty sight, is it? Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll go and replace the divot in a second. I didn't notice that. But I, it was a matter of just keeping my eye on the ball all the way. And I always sometimes, with me, I, you know, I can not be in the right position for a catch. But if you watch the ball all the way into the hand, then you've got a good chance. And a late lunge and a bit of showboating always, always, always does well, doesn't it? Well, from my point of view, thank you for taking that and best luck for the rest of the season. Good luck. Thanks. Nice to speak, Dan. We're talking about the cup there. Is the target to win it? Or are we not really looking for silverware necessarily? Um, I think, I suppose a cup run would be nice, you know. Methlick and semis, you know, getting past them, getting a shot at the cup final would, would, would be nice. I think you've got to balance that against, you know, what is success for you this season. And I think you could look at the league and think, you know, we want to win the league, but you're then up in grade one. I think I think first and foremost, our, our aims at the start of every season is always the same. It's that whole bit, right, we need to stay in grade two. We don't want to get relegated. Um, I would be 
you know, personally, I would be content with, with just remaining in grade two. I, I would see that as, as success of sorts. Um, clearly, we're going to try and, and, and win every game, but there's a there's a real kind of sizable gulf between grade one and grade two. And I'm not sure that we, we've got that sort of depth in our squad to, to make a good enough fist of things in grade one right now. When we were there a few years back, um, we came right back down again. And, and I think that seems to be the pattern. You know, those teams that go up from grade two often reappear in grade two the following year. I guess it's better. It's you know it's just better players in grade one. You know the bowling's more consistent. You know the teams bat all the way down to you know number ten, eleven. Um, it's it's a, it's a different game. It's a lot more competitive as well. And there's a lot more kind of chat and chirping in the field that, that just doesn't really happen um, in grade in grades two and three. So for me, a wee bit of a cup run. You know, getting into the final. That, that would be really nice. That, that would be, uh, um, I'd be delighted with that, actually, when we get into the final. But things have been going really well for us. Confidence should be high throughout the club, basically, at Fraserburgh over the next few weeks. I hope so, yeah. I think one, one of the problems that we um, we seem to encounter, especially in July, it, the, the school holidays, basically, um, yeah. it's, you know, it's that bit about, you know, folk, folk go off on annual leave, you know, folk go off and do other things, and the pressure that that kind of places on our ability to get 11 players out each week is is quite um, significant sometimes. And we've done pretty well these last few years at negotiating this time reasonably well and maybe playing the odd match with, with 10 folk, but, you know, generally still still winning games or at least picking up a decent amount of points in, in games that we've not been able to win at this time. You know, the call's gone out from, from Andrew Gairns, you know, it's who's all available this, this weekend and, and already... I'm not playing this weekend. Um, Paul's not playing this weekend. Leanne's not playing this weekend. Um, and maybe there'll be a few others who've got other commitments, you know, whether that's kind of work or, or, or family-based, like yourself. Um, and, you know, if I text John Jessamine... That's really worrying there as you're saying they're not available. <laughs> oh, no, are we going to have 11 this weekend? Yeah, but, but I mean, one of the good things that, that, that's going to happen um, so far this season is that is that when the kind of call has come out, we've had like 17 folks you know, I think it was 14 maybe last week. The week before it was maybe 17 folk available to pick from. So hopefully, um, hopefully that kind of remains the same. But like I said, we've had to call on John Jessamine, um, all, all kind of 70 odd years of him to, to see if he can play this weekend. And and l- luckily he's he's um, he's answered the call. He's going to play. Um, but it's a tricky time. And I wonder, you know, I wonder maybe with COVID, you know, people are restricted in terms of kind of air travel and that. Maybe it'll be different this year. We'll we'll see, we'll see what happens. Um, I'm quite hopeful that we'll be able to certainly fulfil the fixtures um, and you know certainly push push the teams that we're up against. How about on a personal level, Liam? Because taking the Portcullis game out of it, you've scored runs pretty regularly, and and you've scored big runs pretty regularly this year. Yeah, in the I two or three think, games, and there were yeah, I think we had two. I think maybe had two kind of half decent innings. The 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 Methlet game and. You know the one, the one at the weekend there. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not sure how it's going to go. I think. I think with the Ellen one, that that you know, you could put that down to, um, to the bowling not being not being really up to up to kind of standards. And I think um, there there was a lot. Of, like I said, there was a lot of kind of short lot of short stuff that you could just kind of pull away. There were a lot of full tosses again. If you got something on it, it, it was kind of running away. So I didn't really feel as though that was I was kind of properly tested in that match. To be honest with you, I think. The innings I had against Methlick 
the kind of context of the game, you know, the kind of pressure to, to, to get the kind of runs and you know, the bowling was a wee bit better as well. Felt much better on that one. But then I went into the, the Port Cullis game feeling really confident in, you know, I think I scored one run before before my, my, off, my, my off stump was, was, was knocked out. Um, so I'm not sure. I mean, I'm feeling good about my batting. Um, I'm not going in feeling anxious about batting or, or anything like that. I'm, I'm keen to get out, out to the middle and, and, and build an innings and you know, whether that's Vicori or Paul or any other any other batsman. It'd be nice to get another century, but we'll see we'll see what happens. If I can keep keep on picking up, you know, fifties, sixties, seventies, I'll I'll be I'll be content with that. But um although it's always nice to get a, a decent personal score, it's you know, I want to see other folk do well as well. You know, first and foremost I want to win the game, but it'd be nice to see some other folk not not step up, that's that's maybe the wrong way of putting it, but there's there's guys in the team, you know, your Colin Suters, your your Flower Jews, your your Chris Gospels, folk like that who are good enough to, to be scoring, you know, kind of fifties and that, um, you know, two, three, four times a season. So it would be really good to see some of them guys get a few runs as well. And then with the bowlers, you know, Leanne's making really good progress as well. She's picked up wickets in nearly every game she's played. She's got a really good, really good temperament for it. You know, if she she gets hit for a four or something like that, she just gets back to her mark and, and, and runs in again. If somebody drops a catch again, just back to her mark and comes in again. And I think in that Methlet game, um, she bowled really well when they were kind of they were really going after her a wee bit, and um, she just you know she just got on with it. And then um, against Ellen at the weekend, I think she got their opener out. The guy was kind of getting all the runs, so that was a really a really key wicket. Um, Ryan's been bowling well. Suter when he's when he's been available, he's been bowling well as well. Um, Gary and that little cameo, so that you yourself, there's there's all these people that can kind of step up when required to to bowl. But no, you know, I, I'm I'm content we we how I'm playing right now. But uh, you know, I'd, I'd really like to see other folk um, kind of realise their, their their potential a wee bit. And and you know, for the likes of Suter, if that means maybe going up the order a wee bit, you know, I know it was kind of. Um, Stating a claim for, for, for to, to be kind of shunted up a wee bit in his podcast, so um, yeah, maybe deserves a go. Well, you kind of preempted what was going to be one of, if not my last question, about you know who stood out for you this season. But I'll just pick up on one of them because I'm really glad you mentioned Leanne a couple of times because, like you say, her temperament is so mm-hmm. impressive. You know, even against Portcullis, it was the change bowlers that was kind of in an unfortunate position that Portcullis didn't really have far to go to get the total. And they did, mm-hmm. they were the same as Methlick. They went after Leanne. So to come back the next week on the same pitch and bowl so well in the cup against yeah. Allen and get a couple of wickets, I thought that was hugely impressive, personally. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, I've not mentioned, there's, there's like a Callum and, and, and Alex Packer as well. You know, when they, they've, they've been playing, they've done really well. And I think there's that bit about giving, giving the kind of youngsters and, and those less experienced more of a go. I think that'll be another thing that, that's a bit of a priority um, for me later in the season. I think first and foremost, it's that bit about avoiding relegation, staying in grade two. Um, so for those opening fixtures, you know, we play our best team, we bowl our best bowlers, we open up with our best batsmen, etc. And and then maybe by July, August, you should really get an idea, you know, how your season's going to go and, and whether you've got enough points and, you know, your percentage is good enough for you to stay up and, you know, short of a you know disastrous run of form, we, we usually you know anticipate this fairly accurately. And at this point, where you know relegation is no longer a threat, I would be more inclined to you know maybe drop down the order myself and um, let someone else have a, have a go opening the batting or coming in at three or four. 
um, maybe pairing them up with a kind of more experienced player, uh, maybe allocate more overs to someone who might not get a bowl that often, that sort of thing. Because um, you need to keep folk interested. It's you know it's not use fielding at fine leg. You know I've got kind of Callum and, and Alex in mind. You know that whole bit about kind of fielding fine leg week in week out, not really getting a bowl, batting at number eleven. Um, that's maybe an extreme example. I, I'm not sure we have anyone that that actually has to do all of that all the time. Because um, like you know like Callum can you know bowl anyway. Mm. Um, but you take my meaning. I think in in the absence of that. That involvement, folk folk would understandably drift away. You know, a cricket game's a big commitment. It's a, it's a long day and it's on a Saturday as well. Um, so why spend most of it on involved when you could be, um, I don't know, collecting a puppy in West Yorkshire or or, or, or doing something else? You know what I mean? Um, and I suppose alongside that, there's that bit about the kind of junior cricket that that we've been doing this year. Um, the the All Stars and the Dynamos uh, has been running again and. Um, Ryan Duthie and, and Michael Watson and Callum has been helping out as well. They've been coordinating facility and that, and it's been really well attended. And, and hopefully, there's a few of them who go on and uh, play senior cricket for for the Brock further down the line. I think we've spoken a fair bit about this recently at the club, and you know the problem's always been keeping the kind of 10, 11, 12 year olds interested beyond these sessions, and that's where there's a kind of real issue in, in, in player retention. You know, there's just you near know, that opportunity for, for junior cricket in that sort of 12 to 15 age bracket. And um, there maybe was that once, but it's just near there just now. And I think consequently, these kids either lose interest because there's no matches for them to play in, or they're really keen, like Callum or Alex, um, and they end up playing senior matches. But that can often be quite difficult. Like I say, you know, you end up fielding behind the batsman down at third man or fine leg for the most part. You don't tend to get bow and you, you kind of bat for it down. It's it's near the best setting for, you know, learning how to play the game. And it, it could really put some kids off. I mean, if you, you know, imagine you're, you're an 11-year-old 11, 11 kid who, you know, gets shifted into square leg in the, you know, final overs and innings. And, you know, you've got to contend with a, you know, fielding a long hop that, that suitors just bowled in the, the opposition batsman's pulled at waist high in your direction. It's you know, I mentioned that because that was one of my initial experiences playing playing cricket. You know, as a youngster, um, it might even have been a suitor long hop actually. But I, I remember that distinctly standing there and you know, not really sure myself. I'd been at fine leg the, the whole game, but we could, just couldn't afford to have somebody behind the bat at that point in the game. And I got put out the square leg, and somebody bowled a half tracker, and it was just. Phew, slammed in my direction and you know I dropped the ball and it probably came off my knuckle or something like that it's it's not a very um, enjoyable experience sometimes right for a youngster so I think the grades um cricket Scotland you know individual clubs someone you know needs to take a look at how we can bridge that gap um that I've spoke about there and you know open up a, a steady supply of players that, that can progress from from junior to, to senior level and I think I think Aberdeenshire are actually doing a wee bit about this. I know, I know Callum, I think, and Alex have been going there on a Sunday sometimes. And um, maybe the Development League, you know, will, will, will kind of support some of that too. Um, I guess we'll see what happens. But I would love to see some of the, some of the kids that we've got down on a, on a Wednesday and Friday, you know, continuing on with, with, with things after those sessions come to a close. And um, hopefully being able to get a game and, and you know, play against others that are, that are kind of in, their, in their age group. And then further down the line, you know, make kind of senior debuts and um, go on to become the, the kind of core of a, of a future sort of Brock team, you know. 
Well, the last one then for you, Liam, before I let you go, well, you, you briefly mentioned it there. We do hopefully have the development league starting in the next wee while. And, and that could be such a great thing for exactly what you're talking about there with player development, giving people, not even necessarily the youngsters, but just anyone the chance to do more that might be more of a fielder and batting down the yeah. order. You know, it's it's hopefully going to be a great opportunity if it finally gets up and running. Yeah, yeah. I hope, I hope so. I really hope so. I mean, even in the last few weeks, we've had a couple of new guys come down to practice. Um, I think there's a lad um, who's out in Balmedy or something like that. I think he noticed that we were looking for players and, and came all the way through to find out more about it. And, you know, he got on really well at practice. He's got a, a brother, apparently, who's who's keen to join as well. So, and if you remember on, on Saturday, there was a, a fellow down watching the game out, out the back of his van. Yes, of course. How could you forget him? I went over to talk to him and, and he said he was quite keen to maybe get back into it again. So, you know, it's, um, there's there's a lot of potential there. And, and hopefully this this development league is an opportunity for for those, as you say, to um, those folk who are maybe getting back into the game or, or kind of less experienced or, or have even maybe just lost a wee bit of form and, and, and want to kind of maybe drop down a wee bit and, and, and try and regain it a wee bit um, to get involved with that. And, you know, it's it's a good thing for, for the game and, and, and the kind of northeast. East Northeast of Scotland for Aberdeenshire, and um, hopefully it's a hopefully it's a success. Yeah, and hopefully it's exciting times ahead for Fraserburgh Cricket Club because, as we've covered in quite a bit of detail, it's been a decent enough start to the season. Hopefully we can keep that going. Hopefully there's even more to come with stuff like the development league, the juniors, the all stars, mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff. I think Liam, we better wrap it up. I think I've kept you more than yeah, long sure. enough. Um, <laughs> but listen we'll be back in a few more weeks with another update i don't know exactly what that's going to look like if it'll be liam back with me if it'll be somebody else but we'll keep everybody well informed about what's going on with fraserburgh cricket club in the meantime you can follow our social medias on twitter facebook or instagram just to keep up with what's going on in between the podcast there'll probably be more regular posts there than there will be episodes Thanks to everybody who's listening. As always, if you're interested in getting in touch with Fraserburgh Cricket Club, well, that's just to find out more. Or if you want to play, like Liam was saying there, a couple of other guys have, get in touch with the social medias or just come down to practice at Kessel Park on a Wednesday night. Very welcoming atmosphere. We'll take you in with open arms. You might as well. It's the summer, brilliant weather. Get out, enjoy yourself and do a bit of exercise. Until next time, thanks to everybody for listening. I've been Andrew Henderson. I'm on the broth. <laughs>